going to do a mimer on Hanukkah, page Nun, where it says Ma'amornam Lachanukkah. Kiata Tel'ir Neri, it's from Tehillim, You Hashem, you light, you illuminate my candle. Elokai Yagiyah Hashem, my God, you, you light up my darkness. You bring radiance into my darkness. From Tehillim. Yesh Lomar, it is possible to say Zeh. Apiha Kavana Bebez Habrachos. Consistent with the two of the brachos we say when we light Hanukkah candles. The first one, Lahadli, to light Hanukkah candles, and the second one, Vishas, that the Hashem made miracles for our ancestors at this time. Lahamshi Habez Yehudim Shenechsaru, Ayin Sham. It says something here that I'm not familiar with which is to bring down two certain kinds of Yehudim that's bringing Hashem's name into a state of oneness that are lacking there. He says, look in the Kriyat's Chaim, which is from Chaim Vital. I'm oh, sorry, from Ariza. Yehudim is what? A Yehud is a hard word to translate, but it means bringing <coughs> oneness about. And there's a concept of making a Yehud with Hashem's names that God's names fill the world. And as we do certain mitzvahs, those names become miyuchadim, they become uh, unified and more one. Of course, like after marriage. Yeah, that's the same word. Same that's the word. coming that's together, that's the, the oneness okay. of the chasen and kala, that's right. Okay. It's also the same word as the, the prohibition in the Torah of Yichu, that a man is not allowed to be in the same room as a woman, uh, a locked room together, other than your family, because of yichud. You're spending that time of closeness together. That's a dangerous situation. Same word. So he wants. He does not get into the <coughs> first thing about the Yehuda, but he wants to express that Avoda, meaning something that affects and is a lesson for our own avodas Hashem, our own relationship with God. It says in Al Hanisim, the tefillah we say at Hanukkah, that the Yavanim, the Greeks, they wanted us to forget our Torah and to dismiss the laws of Hashem's will. Mishpat Ve'edus. Why did the Chachamim choose that word, Chukei Ritzonecha, right? Literally, the statutes of Hashem's will. Why not the Mishpatim of God's will, or the Edios of God's will? There are different ways, different words to describe God, God's laws for us. So if they selected that word, Chukei Ritzonecha, then there must be a reason. Vayin Yosef, the Vroim explains. <coughs> Look in the base. Yosef, he says to see wondrous things. Ach yesh lomar. Alpima shakosuf haramban. Alpasu kedoshim to you. It is possible to say, based on what the Ramban says in the Torah, Parshas Vayikra. Sorry, Parshas Kedoshim. Shayocho lihi yos novel virashus hatorah Very famous Ramban when the Torah tells us to be holy people, 
What does that mean? What is the Torah trying to tell us? Be holy. Does it mean to follow the laws of the Torah? We have plenty of other psukim that tell us to follow the laws of the Torah. So the Ramban says what it means is that a person can follow all the laws correctly and still totally miss the bug. And that's called a novel birushus ha-Torah. My Rabbi Zuchon Libracha used to translate novel as a low life. A novel is a low life through the permission of the Torah, which is to say they're following all the laws, but they're a low life. They don't get the point, or they don't want to get the point of the Torah. That's a novel. And that's the meaning of Kedoshim to you. Not only follow the laws, but follow them in a way, not only the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law. So both are being addressed. Those things that the Torah permitted us. A person has to make a chok, which means to say a boundary. Like until here. We're allowed to eat, we're allowed to enjoy ourselves, we're not allowed to be glutton. Like one could eat kosher food all day long and be a glutton. That would be a novel Birshusa Torah. We're not eating tray, we're not eating on Yom Kippur, we're eating kosher food, maybe even saying brachas. But if we're eating in a way which is not menshla, a glutton, we follow the laws of the Torah, but we miss the point of the Torah. So he says a person has to make a chok that they kind of carve out. This is my boundary over here, and this is my boundary over here, and I'm not going to cross that. And not to indulge oneself in the physical world more than is necessary. Necessary. Necessary? And he says that's the shot of the chukim of Hashem's will. It doesn't mean following the mitzvahs. That we're, in, so to speak, we're taking that for granted. That we've, we've addressed. We're following the mitzvahs. It means even when following the mitzvahs, to also find the chok, the limit, of how far we go in this world and make sure that that's ritzonecha, that we're in touch with Hashem's will when we do that. Josh, had a question? that it may not be understandable to others, but we know we have to draw that line. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes, Bruce? This is a constant, ongoing thing. Right. That's an individualistic thing. So for, for a limit on the same actions in this room, we all almost could have different levels of that limit right. that's proper and mensch like for us. That's right. Where it might not be for, you know, somebody else. That's right. 
you know, one one hamburger for one might be two hamburgers for another. <laughs> and they're both doing okay. Each one, ha a person has to know their limits. Yes, but So what we're talking about in essence in Yiddishkeit, we're talking about moderation. There is no such thing as abstinence. Mm -hmm. Like some places, you can't do this or can't yeah, do that. Yeah, we are talking about moderation and boundaries. Okay. Those things the Torah allowed us to be involved with is derecheretz, the way of people, for physical people we have needs. But to establish that as a chot, and not to be a low life within the boundaries of the Torah. Missing the point. Venoda, it is known. Shahayavanim heim higbiru chachma mezuyefes, chachma sa-philosophia, shahema hikishu kol ha-mitzvah It is known that the Greeks, their strong point was wisdom. He calls it a forged wisdom. Forged, yes. A forged wisdom. All right. Forgery, philosophy. And in their Greek philosophy, they denied the Torah and the mitzvahs. The she'en la'asok the pilpul ha'gemora, the dinin tuma v'tahara, and not to involve oneself in the laws of Torah like the laws of tuma and tahara, o iser v'heter, or that which is permitted and that which is forbidden. In other words, if it affects my moral lifestyle, then the Greek, Greeks had a problem with it. We might immoral. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and philosophy was something of the mind, but it was not something that required a person to take on the morality which the Torah represented. And that's why he calls, and why the Chachamim called, the Greek wisdom darkness. They were very great philosophers, but it was dark in that it didn't forge a relationship between people and God. It was wisdom, but it had nothing to do with God. And for us, wisdom has to be about Hashem, has to be about a relationship with Hashem. So that's a chachma mitzvah It's a forgery. Rock, the sichlus elokis, oh, mishtere hakochavim. They wanted people to think about, you know, grand philosophical ideas about theology, and the ways of the stars, Shehem Begidre Shemayim, all those things that are up there in the heavens, Umitsara Philosophia, Yeshmehem Shanafluqam Bataiva. And we know that many of the Greek philosophers who were great, they also fell into um, self indulgence as well, because it wasn't about a moral lifestyle. Kemoshi Isa, Agodal Ha Philosophium, Shehitra Arayos. As it is known about one of the greatest philosophers, I don't know who he's referring to, which one in particular, who permitted arayos, which means sexual immorality, in order for everybody to feel together and feel close with each other. And this is the second phrase in Al-Hanisim, to cause us to forget our Torah. Hainu sichlus ha-Torah ha 
that refers to the intelligence of the Holy Torah, which can't be separated from the lifestyle of a human being. For us, wisdom and lifestyle are inseparable. And to achieve greatness in Torah has to come together with greatness of character and greatness of moral character and holiness. Kedusho, Tahara, Isr, Veheter. It's all one thing. We don't separate our wisdom from our striving to grow in that way. And to cause us to uh, part from the boundaries that we've set to be in accordance with Hashem's will. That's to say, to fall into our desires. We want to sanctify ourselves, even in those things that are permitted to us. That's called the chok, the boundary. Even in something which is permitted to us, do it with its limit. That which is necessary. And to try and overcome the human nature which constantly seeks more and more and more and more. Constantly. It's just the nature of a human being. We could call it an appetite. It doesn't just mean for food, it means for all material things. To try and overcome that, so we curb those strong desires and do things with a proper boundary. So those are two things he's saying here. One is that in order for a person to be kadosh, we need limits on the way we involve ourselves physically in the world. And secondly, is not to separate, we mustn't separate our wisdom from our moral lifestyle. And if we do, separate our wisdom from our moral lifestyle, that's when we start to cross over those boundaries and become self-indulgent. When the wisdom is attached to our moral lifestyle, that gives us the guidance to set the boundaries. Bruce, yeah. It seems that this is what was going on back at the time of of the Hanukkah, the Hanukkah, that... Mm -hmm. The Jews were trying to emulate the Hellenists. Were trying to emulate the Greeks, yes. and and that type of idea, and lost sight of, of the Torah. There wasn't a, a, a meld of both. The, the lifestyle they started changing, giving up everything that ended up destroying each other, with Jew against Jew. And, and it seems that uh, you can see a lot of this in America, and you know, in America in general some of the things you described, you know, you, even now, you know, a lot of that stuff was going on in the 60s, right, you know, the free love and this and what feels good. And Under the guise of, of sharing love was actually right, breaking down the fabric of life. Right, tempered with uh, putting God first. And, and even now, between Jew and Jew, it seems like there's a mirror of some things that went on then that's going on now. Well, we have this struggle, you know, over the course of Jewish history a number of times between what we could call academic Judaism, to use a broad word, and, you know, Torah Judaism. That the Torah requires us to merge the, the knowledge with our life. Academics doesn't. You know, that's just a study of an intellectual pursuit. It's not related to what I do in my life or not. And that, that we've, we have, uh, we have gone, gone through that struggle many times over the course of our history, and we still do now. Still present. 
Yes, good. Uh, just reflects with the, you know, in the, the Sefer uh, near Mitzvah Maharal mm -hmm. uh, brings us out about this Gullis, which is amazing that he wasn't aware of what's going to be happening in America, but that this last Gullis is going to contain this element and it, actual elements of all the other previous three. Right. And this is going to be the most difficult uh, for us to overcome. That's right. The Gullis of Edom, which is the fourth one, is Kolo, all the previous ones. It, it includes the three previous exiles. So we have to fight all of them. Okay. Now it's going to connect this to the brachos that we say by the menorah. V'zehu ha-kavana v'bracha rishona l'hamshi ha-yichud mi-bechinas chachma u-bina. The first bracha that we say, l'hadlik nir-shofanaka, it is to bring forth a yichud, a oneness in Hashem's name, from the areas of chachma, and Bina, which have to do with intelligence, wisdom, understanding, extrapolation. Shahu Bechinas Sichlus Torasenu HaKadosha. That has to do with the wisdom of Torah. Yeah, like, like Seichel. Mm -hmm. Lo Lahachnis HaBechinas Chachma Ubina Shalom B'Devorim Zorim. Not to take the precious mind that God has given us and enter it into areas that are strange for the Torah. Whereas we have to be careful what we do with our intellect. We can't just dive into something and then pull right out and feel that we're unaffected. We have to be really careful with how we use this gift of Seichel that God gave us. Even when it comes to business, he says, because a person has to use their Seichel when it comes to Transactions and buying and selling, and it takes a lot of chachma. Gan bohem ein laha amik dato b'chachma umuskalos yisera. Says even there, don't go too deeply. He says, don't go too deeply into business. You can be smart, and you can be um, sure about with God's help what you're doing, and make deals that require intelligence. He says, but don't go deep there. That's not the place where we're trying to plant our tent. We want to plant our tent of wisdom in Torah. Barak yivtach b'Hashem osehu. And he says, have betachon in Hashem. Meaning, look at what's in front of you. Look at the business deal that's ahead of you, or whatever transaction. Go about it in a seichel dick away. And say, okay, I, did, I used my seichel. Now, Kodesh Baruch it's up to you as opposed to thinking it and rethinking it and then rethinking it. You know how, how we all get caught up, right? And anybody who's involved in business knows it's so easy to think about it from a thousand different ways. Approach it like this, approach it like that. How, how great that would be if people would do that with a with shtickle Torah. Going from this way, going from that way, what are the consequences? Because that's not the place for amkuth. Mekach and memhud. Use your seichel and then rely on Hashem. Thought into it, but it right. It's a very absorbing obsession. Yeah, like yes, it becomes an obsession. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of use, in my own mind, try to use davening as kind of a, a mirror of that. that if, 
if there's something in the, in the world of my business or in the world of my other kind of preoccupation or the, the issues of the news or current events or something that, that really intrudes in my doubts and I have a sense that that, that area of my life is, is kind of out of control. That, 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 that's a thing I need to temper or work as it presents itself. Dogming seems to be such a, an arena where it all rushes in. Right? It all rushes in. Intellectually, yes. I can say, yeah, I, I can. I, 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 I knew we were going to get into <laughs> yeah, that. But but you know, this isn't so easy. Right? I mean, I, <laughs> intellectually, right. I can Especially say, if you're a businessman. I can say, right. Right. Really, because I think about this, that, okay, I've gone this far, Hashem, you're my partner in this, I'm going to go come here and learn, and even though I, I could be ranging all kinds of stuff that I think is important to myself, right. but this is your job right now. Okay, I can say that, and, and, I, and, and I'm sure all of us work at that, struggle with that, but it's not so easy because when you get, once you get caught up in something, it's hard to see that you're caught up. Most, most definitely. And this is the other part you can measure. You can say to someone, here's my success in business. Here's the you know, money that show it to everyone. But this world, but other things, you can't do it. It's not that tangible. Yeah, someone says, how are you doing? Most people are going to answer, oh, my business is great. Uh -huh. I just bought a new car. I just did this. Uh -huh. Now, how are you doing? Right. Well, my relationship <laughs> with us, yeah. Right, right, right. Got wrong it. way. I was going to say it, it gets easier with practice where to know when to recognize how far you can go and then turn the rest over to the yeah, it's it not impossible but it takes practice it does it takes a lot of a lot of practice okay then he goes to a Tirgum, although I'm not sure where the Tirgum comes from. Um, the Tirgum, as the Tirgum says, that God gives you good counsel to make your acquisitions. So that Tirgum is, Right, your business plan, your Eitzah, that's coming from Hashem too. So God is the one who helps us to think and to try and be wise when it comes to those things. Let him do it. Think about it, you say it, and then say, okay, I've got more of Now it's up to you. And he wants to say that's connected to the first brach on the Hadlik Nir Shalchanaka. And the connection there, I assume, is between Nir and Chachma because the light and wisdom, the swarms say, are very much connected to each other. Torah or, the light is the Torah. In the second bracha, when we say, that God made miracles. To bring the Yichud into the shame, I think he wants to say Elohim, not Hashem Elohim, but let me just see. Elohim bigamatria hateva. Elohim, spelling it with a hey, the real way, is the same gematria we learned this earlier as hateva, that which is nature. Hainu shagam bibachinas ma sheyesh leteva. Even where a person comes to 
their own human nature. Tzorach bo, sheyesh letevat tzorach bo, yihiyah bibechinas yichud, sheyihiyah ma'asecho l'shem shemayim, that our actions should be for the sake of heaven. So the first one is wisdom and keeping wisdom within the realms of the Torah. And the second one is actions and keeping our actions in the realm of this is for the sake of God. V'zehu ki neiri. Now going back to that pasuk in Tehillim. You Hashem to'ir neiri. You light my nair, my candle. Noda meha idrazuta from a portion of the Zohar. Da'atahu bechinas chachma. That the word ata alludes to chachma. Ki ata avinu, when we say ata avinu, you are our father, ki ata avinu, referring to Hashem, the word of father or Abba is chachma. Chachma is Abba, ima is bina. So ata avinu is you are avinu, it's making the equation ata is chachma. That's what he's saying. Vehi bechinas to'ir neiri. Ata, to'ir neiri, let chachma, substitute chachma for ata. Chachma to'ir neiri. Hainu hainashama, what is my neir? My soul. Shesharya b'moach, which rests in my mind, neir Hashem nishmas adam. Hashem's candle is the soul of the human being. So ki ata to'ir neiri, you Hashem, meaning Hashem's wisdom, that lights the candle of my soul. And he's really talking about, I like to use a, a certain, a very specific word about bathing the neshama in the light of Hashem's Torah. Using that wisdom of Torah to really create the environment for our seichel to operate within. I think this is very pertinent to us because we're under assault, you know, our seichel is under assault in so many different areas that wants to take up our mind, whether it's the world or whether it's advertisement, whether it's the media, I mean, it's, everything wants to take up our mind out there. It says, give the seichel the opportunity to just be in Chochmas Hashem, God's wisdom. Allow that private time between our faithful and the Chochmas Hashem. That's the first part of the passage. And then, Vashem Elohim Hainu HaYichud Habez. The second Yichud Hashem Elohim. Shabazer Yagia Chashchi. Oh, that's why you said Hashem Elohim. Okay, it's going back to the passage. Hashem Elohim Yagia Chashchi will bring radiance into my darkness. Even those things that are, we need physically, and physicality here is called darkness, because it blocks out the light of Hashem. It's not bad, but we have to deal with it in the proper way. The Hainu Bechinas Hateva, human nature. Let Hashem's light funnel and filter into that part of our lives. Al kol in everything that we do, so that we shall achieve know Hashem in all your ways. 
And that always refers to the way a person conducts himself in the world. No Hashem in all your ways. A little abbreviation there at the end. Mikisveyad Kodesh. That means that this comes from his own Kisavyad, his own writing. Some of the Mamorim that are in here, a lot of them are, are written over from his Gabbai. And when it says Mikisveyad Kodesh, that means it's his own writing. They took it right from there. Uh, yes, Mark? I have a question about the Please. degree of um, demonstrating our work for Hashem, especially during this time of year. I got into an interesting discussion with someone over last Shabbos in reference to um, <coughs> our response to the atmosphere around us. And what yeah. brought that up is the what we call Hanukkah house is down the street and all that. But if people really think it was too gaudy and all that, or whether it was the right response. Now, of course, I try to my point of view, we got to illuminate and light up because apparently some people, you know, it's a lot of darkness and a lot of ignorance. Some other people think we shouldn't respond to something that's that's being caused in this particular here in the United States and most Western countries because they're trying to promote their own type of activities and we got to respond. But I don't have a, you know, so how do you measure the, the balance? Or, or I think that's also an individual choice. You yeah, know, how a person how public a person wants to go with that demonstration, and a mm -hmm. person has to make their own choices with that and try and be the shape of life. Okay. Yes, Mark? Not to always mean Just well, in this case. He wants to say that the word Atta always means means Chachma, mm -hmm. but we, we'd have to say that, I, I believe, it depends where that where and how that word is used. Well, broken you know, Right. There, it seemingly refers to Fahman, where you use Atta a lot, seems to me. Okay, I've always thought, I mean, Atta is an interesting word for this Allah stuff. Oh, oh. Beginning till the end, right? Yeah, and then, hey. Seems like Atta is also like almost like a, a name of Hashem, because when it's used, Especially in brachas, right? It's, it's, it's almost like saying, you know, when you go Baruch Hashem, it's almost like going Baruch Hashem Hashem. The way it is. You know, it doesn't quite, you know, it doesn't have Kedusha's Hashem. Right. But it is called Nochach, which is to say that we are addressing Hashem directly, not in third person. We're saying, Ata, you. And that implies a strong relationship. And also implies some level of revelation. Whereas Hashem, or who, when we say who, that's in third person and we're referring to something that's more hidden. And uh, there's this back and forth in tefillah between Atta and who, between Nochach and Nister. That's for us. meaning like direct, first person. Right, right directly, I, you. Whereas who would be him, third person. Not more removed, but more concealed. So the Atta is really like when you're standing in front of somebody talking. Right, right. And we, we have the right in Tila to use that word as our Hakam and place it in our Dhamma. There is a certain Kedusha uh, that you can associate with uh, that's, that's direct, regular word, but in a situation where we're first in the 
totally depressed because he believes he's dead, or does he somehow? What do we say that Yaakov really does? It's very hard to understand because Yaakov lost his nevuah, and he didn't. And he was sad. He wasn't right because if he thought he had a twelve, my question was for twenty-two years, why didn't he sign another son to try to then fulfill what he had to do? See, Yaakov on some level knew the Yosef was still alive. I don't know. You have. It's all, this whole, this is all, this part of him, this part of him, you know, he's left for six months. He's running with the shoes. Added a pair of sandals to their sum of money, as was brought out of the verse just quoted from Amos. According to other sources, the brothers divided up the 20 pieces of silver and each brought a pair of sandals, a sign of their supreme disdain for Yosef and his games. Bench Tachum. So, Tachum, we have to see the magic. Hands to the Israelis for the sandals. You have to understand what the Pshad is. I saw it. I saw the whole thing. I But I thought it was to show the brothers' disdain for Yosef. They just brought shoes. Yeah, they the just bought shoes of the money. Uh, it was the ultimate. Uh, uh, right. I mean, they were sort of. They did this whole thing, but they were sort of like they were. They were functioning on a different plane, and they didn't understand what they were doing. As if they, they just did it, it was a natural. But sometimes you just a person can have a natural inclination to do something. They have no idea why he wants to do it. It's a midrash. What was I doing? Why was I like, overtaken by to do this? When it makes no sense. See, the brothers—they didn't. They were naturally. They went and they did it because because that was Ratz Hashem, and, and they sort of were like you know, they're in a sense like uh, remote control. Uh, we're told that Joseph marries Osman, and Osman is doing his daughter. Someone, if you had a midrash somewhere, why she's down there? She's sort of like born sort of out of wedlock, so to speak, so they send her to get rid of her, they send her down. I mean, it doesn't sound nice either. I know, but... the mother's Also, that's kind of a bad story. Well, that's what the general sees the problem today. Yeah. Yeah. And then Yosef sees the uh, the amulet, uh, it's like yeah. a shasa yeah. amulet. It's a beautiful story. And then he marries her. She's the only of a Jew. She's the only Jewish known agent. But, uh, but it's, not, it's not a good. Uh, it, it, it's kind of reinforced a little bit of what the problem is. Uh, yeah, take her in. Get married to someone. Get rid of this little girl. It's not her fault. You don't blame the child for the action of the parent. So I'm not sure how that fits in necessarily. But she becomes the mother to Menachem the Prime. So it's all God's master plan. See how everything is interconnected. Page Mem Dalid and
talking about where Yaakov Avinu sends Yosef to go to his brothers. And from there the, uh, the Mechira happens. I'll, I'll read the three psukim here that the Peleoites quotes. Hello, Achecha Roim. Your brothers are uh, shepherding their flock. Then I'll just continue reading it in the Pasuk. Bishachem, in Shechem. Lecha ve'eshlochacho alehem. Go and I will send you to them. Vayomer lo hineni. And Yosef said to his father, Here I am. Meaning I'm prepared to do whatever you ask me to do. Vayomer lo. So Yaakov says to him, Lechna re'e es shalom achecha ve'es shalom hatzah. Go and see the well-being of your brothers and of the sheep. Meaning, how are they doing? V'hashiveni davor, and then bring back word for me. V'yishlochehu me'imek chevron, and he sent him, we'll say, out of the depth of chevron, even though imek usually means valley, Vayavo Shechema. And he came, meaning Yosef came to <coughs> Shechem. Okay. The second line. Why did the Torah tell us that he was sent out from a particular place, meaning Emek Hevron? Upirish Rashi Yadua. Rashi's explanation is well known because Rashi says that Emek. Hebron is not a place, Hebron is not a valley, but it means an Eitzah Amuka, right, from, from out of the deep Eitzah, which uh, Rashi says, that tzaddik who's buried there, Abraham Avinu, to fulfill that which he was told by Hashem, that your children will be strangers in a strange land. So this was the beginning of that process. That's Emek Hebron, according to Rashi. To understand a path in our own Avodas Hashem that emerges from this story, will be Chlal Inyan Yaakov Yosef, and in general, the Inyan of Yaakov and Yosef. So now he's going to present a Mahalach in Avoda that comes out of this. Hine Yodua. It is known, Asher Yesh Shnei Bechinos Yichud. There are two aspects of Yichud, meaning of unity. Yichud Machshav of the Dibur. One is the unity of thought with speech. The Yichud Machshav Umaisa. And the second is the unity of thought with action. Those are the two Yichud that he wants to talk about to bind one's thought to one's deeds and to bind one's thoughts to one's words. Yichud machshava v'dibur, the unity of thought and speech. Who? Shetzorach ha'adam b'tefila, that a person must, in davening, l'kachsher machshavasa v'dibura, bind their thought to their words. Hayotzei mipi, the words that are coming out of our mouth. That our thought must be attached to those words. 
not just empty words. Ba'az nikra hadibur bibachinas dibur emes. Then that kind of speech is called truthful speech. That's emes. It's words that have thought in them. So that's called emes. Masha'inken, which is not the case. Kishamotsi hadibur mipiv below his kashru samoa. If we put out the words from our mouth without being connected to the mind, this is not true words. The Kamosha Kosov, as it says in Tehillim, they try to seduce, persuade God with their mouth, but their tongues were lying. They were not honest, meaning there was no content in their tefillah. It was just words, and it was without thought being connected to the word. It's also called just from the lips and outwards, but nothing more internal than that. Likewise, the mitzvot ma'asiyah, in active mitzvot, mitzvot that we do with our body, we also require the intention of the heart. By binding our thought to what we do. And the first part was binding it to what we say, and the second part is binding it to what we do. Then that deed is called a truthful, honest deed. Without the thought, it's not considered a maizah. This is Yaakov Avinu's Bechina. As the Torah says, he's called Ishtan. That means a whole person. And what he's going to say is that Yaakov really contained both of these kinds of Yehuda. One is, Ukapirish Rashi, Kalibo Kachpi. Whatever was in his heart, that was what was in his mouth. They were consistent, they were together, they were bound together. Yoshev Ohalim, he dwelled in tents. And it says plural, two tents. It refers to the yichud of speech and also the yichud of action. Yes, this Parish Rashi, Kamibo Kachtiv, that was uh, explaining the word Ishtam? I believe so, yeah. Bezo Halim, two tenths. Shena'asu bihiskashu samoa that were made when the mind is bound to the speech and to the action. And that is the Nida of Yaakov, Nida He wants to say that Yaakov's Ohali 